Hello, this is Larry Bertrand welcoming you to another lesson in the Explore the Bible series. We're in the book of Amos, the third session scheduled for September 18, 2022. God expects his people to seek him and demonstrate his character. So as we look at Amos chapter 5, verses 4 through 15, the memory verse for this lesson is, this is what the Lord says, Amos 5, 4. This is what the Lord says to Israel. Seek me and live. So as we look at these verses, we're going to identify the key points of Amos's third sermon to Israel. He did one in chapter 3, now in chapter 4, and here we are in chapter 5. We're going to become familiar with the meaning of the term day of the Lord. And uh, we'll understand that the background of today's lesson it takes place in 1 Kings chapter 12, verses 28 to 33. So as we think about today's lesson, um, have you ever misplaced something? <laughs> And you have no idea where you misplaced it. And uh, later you found it. I don't know if you're like me. Have you ever misplaced your glasses only to discover you're wearing them? <laughs> I think I've done that before, or your keys or your wallet. I try to leave everything, like my keys, my wallet, things I take out, of, I try to leave them always in the exact same place. But sometimes that fails. So we're going to think about a phrase Maybe it'll make a whole lot of sense as we look at today's lesson. Hiding in plain sight. Some things are real obvious to the children of Israel, and Amos is trying to make them aware of the things that they are doing that are wrong. Sometimes we may feel far from God, but he isn't hiding. And he wants us to find him. We're just looking sometimes uh, in the wrong places to find him. This was a situation the Israelites were facing in the time of Amos. God is always present. So the question must be, are we seeking him? He's always going to be found in the same place. We need to keep looking in those places. So as we look at the background of Amos chapter 5 all the way to uh, chapter 6, verse 14, those two chapters, uh, Amos's third message uh, in this section of the book uh, begins with a lament. Lament was uh, quite common. In the Old Testament, uh, they are funeral dirges, if you will, mornings, uh, mornings of a loss, such as the death of a loved one at a funeral. While the, while the wealthy Israelites were consumed with celebrating at their religious feast and uh, the 
the wonderful lives that they were living among Amos sang a song of mourning uh, of their death. Amos pronounced the dead, the dead, uh, Amos pronounced the dead when they believed themselves to be living and full of life. So the prophet's message was clear. Those who reject the Lord are dead, but those who seek the Lord are alive or will live. This message also has a chiastic structure. Uh, Chiastic structures are prevalent in the Old Testament. We see them in the Psalms and other places. It's a structure of a kind of like a poem where the first line and the last line uh, correspond to each other and the second line and the second to last line and so forth. So the middle middle statement really is a key statement. So in, in Amos 5 verses 1 through 17, uh, you know, it, we see this kind of structure. In Amos 5, 18 through chapter 6, verse 14, Amos confronted the people of Israel with three misconceptions that they had. First, they believed that the day of the Lord would be a day of salvation for them. Amos indicated it would be a day of catastrophe for them. That's a quite different evaluation. Second, the Israelites believed they were secure in their relationships with God because of their repetitive meetings for worship and of the offerings they offered to to God. But Amos revealed that God rejected, rejected all their pretentious religious displays. So the third thing we see Amos doing here is he says the Israelites thought they could trust in their military and their affluence for protection from the enemies. In reality, nothing could protect them from God's judgment uh, that, or the judgment he was going to, to bring down on them. So as we look at an overview, I want to highlight how the split between Judah and Israel, Judah in the north, uh, excuse me, Judah in the south, Israel in the north, led Jeroboam, king of Israel, to establish two new centers of worship. Uh, we talked about those last week. So in the third recorded sermon, Amos called for the people of Israel to seek God. He announced a coming judgment on those who distorted justice. And Amos identified the Lord as a sovereign creator who brings judgment to all, even the strong. So we look at this first section, Amos chapter 5, verses 4 through 9. Listen for at least three key words or phrases that we see in these verses. Beginning with verse 4, this is what the Lord says to Israel. 
Seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not go to Gilgal. Do not journey to Beersheba. For Gilgal will surely go to exile and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord and live. And he will sweep through the tribes of Joseph like a fire. It will devour them. And Bethel will have no one to quench it. There are, verse 7, there are those who turn, in, turn injustice into bitterness and cast righteousness or turn justice into bitterness and cast righteousness uh, to the ground. He who made the Pleiades and Orion, who turned midnight to dawn and darkness, uh, darkness day to night, who calls for the waters of the sea and the and pours them out over the face of the land. The Lord is his name. With a blinding flash, he destroys the stronghold and brings the fortified city to ruin. Looking at the Bible knowledge commentary for insight, we see in the first section here, verse 4, four through 6, He's calling for individual repentance to begin with. National judgment was certain, but individuals could seek God. We see this in verse 4 and 5. And live. Uh, they should not, however, seek him at the sanctuaries, for these were doomed. Evidently, Northern Israelites crossed over the border to worship at a shrine associated with the patriarchs. So Gilgal was the memorial of entrance into the land. That's where the children of Israel entered the promised land, was to become the symbol of exile from the land. So it's, they came in, and now it's a symbol of exile. Bethel, which means the house of God, was to become Beth Avon, the Hebrew. It's a, it's a use, uh, a house of nothing. Beth Avon means a house of nothing, a, a house of spirits. In Hebrew, the last part of the City's name El, meaning God, was changed by Amos to Avon, meaning nothing, empty, having no existence. It's a word often used to describe the powerless spirits of wickedness. So this sarcasm, if you will, that Amos uses here, would have a stinging effect on the people. Looking at verse 6, the command to seek the Lord meant to turn to him, not in ritual worship, but by doing good and hating evil. 
Those who did, Amos says, would live. So where the unquenchable and devouring fire of the invaders swept through the house of Joseph, the northern kingdom, uh, the seekers would be the remnant uh, spared in mercy. So then we see in verses in verse 7, the accusation of legal injustice that Amos notices. Verse 7 connects uh, in grammar and content with verses 10 through 13. Verse 8 and 9 are inserted to highlight God's awesome power to judge. So one reason for God's judgment was the corruption that permeated the courts. Court officials had turned justice into bitterness and had cast righteousness to the ground. Justice was the proper functioning of the judicial procedures that enabled the court to declare who was right in a given case. Righteousness was the behavior of one who sought this end, who did not, who did right uh, to the involved in a case. So a righteous man was willing to, to speak in defense of the innocent person who had been wrongly accused. So righteousness was the action And justice was the end result. To do what was right and just on behalf of the needy was a crowning gem of human behavior, according to Amos, and proved a special relationship or provided a special relationship with God. Justice and righteousness were more than essential sacrifice and cer- these more than essential sacrifice and ceremony and nowhere were righteousness and justice more crucial than in the courts so here the weaker members of society those without money or influence could receive protection from their oppressors and find uh, fairness under the law. But Israel, through the alchemy of greed, had turned justice into bitterness. Literally, the word here means wormwood, uh, a small plant known for its bitter pulp, usually associated with poison. So the judicial system, instead of being like a medicinal herb to heal wrongs and restore the oppressed, had become a fatal poison within the nation. Uh, the, The description of the Poison uh, spread in 
and, and was continuing to spread. So finally, we see in verses 8 and 9, we see reference to a sovereign God. So in the midst of this denunciation of human perversity, Amos identified God who controlled the workings of the physical universe and who surely, therefore, would overturn the injustice of men. So he says, he who made the constellations, the Pleiades and the Orion, uh, talking about the rising of the Pleiades before daybreak, signaled the return of spring while the rising of Orion after sunset heralded the onset of winter. He who controls a 24-hour cycle of day and night, turning blackness into dawn and day into night. He who controls the elements of nature, gathering by evaporation the waters of the sea and draining them out over the land. This sovereign, this great sovereign of the universe is also Israel's covenant God. The Lord, Yahweh, is his name. And he would judge their covenant faithfulness. This God whose dominion was unchallenged in heaven was also irresistible on earth. Nothing could withstand his destruction. Nothing, uh, not the mightiest stronghold or the most fortified city. Amos delivered an indictment against the people of Israel, calling out their perversion of justice and oppression of others. As a result, the people would not enjoy their gains because of their mistreatment of others. Looking at this next section, we will listen in verses 10 through 13 for the actions exhibited by the people and the consequences of their actions. Verse 10. There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in the court and detest the one who tells the, the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and impose a tax on their, their grain. Therefore, Though you have built stone mansions and have, you will not live in them. Though you have planted lush vineyards, you will not drink their wine. For I know how many are your offenses and how great your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor. 
of justice in the courts. Therefore, the prudent keep quiet in such times, for the times are evil. So not only did the Israelites have worship problems, <laughs> they had character problems. Um, so the, there were many numerous sins, but Amos specifically listed three of them. And so the, the just judge in verse 10 who reproves and who sees honest witness, who tells the truth, uh, is those are equally detested. Verse 11 refers to the poor, fi financially poor and socially defenseless. He talks about them. You see that phrase, force him to uh, take ex exacting from. Uh, Amos does not specify which powerful intent is doing, doing all this. Or he says that the landlord who trampled by exorbitant rent and still found ways to, to make further ex, extortions. And he talks about the moneylender who was stealing by how much they required to be returned. The Lord is not content or concerned, if you will, with who, but with whom. He's concerned about the sufferer, the one who is being taken advantage of. So therefore, indicates a, a heavenly agent is at work. The Lord runs his world on moral lines whereby, he says, those who gain unjustly will not enjoy uh, perpetually. There is a principle of frustration built into the nature of things. So this is the central truth of the passage. Humanly speaking, the people have built to last. Talks about the stone mansions that they built. They planted to produce. They had lush vineyards, but it will not be so. So what are the offenses, the sins, the rebellions against God, the missing the mark of his requirements, the social Misdemeanors are spiritual sins. Hence, a mere reformation will not do. There must be, here it is again, a return to God, a sense of repentance, righteousness. Those in the right, in the court cases, talks about bribes, the use of wealth to gain verdicts. He talks about the deprived uh, are those who deprive to, to turn aside of a judge refusing 
to hear a case, particularly dismissing that of unimportant, of an unimportant person, the poor, if you will, not the uninfluential can easily be overseen or overridden. So the hatred mentioned in verse 10 easily ushers in the, the era of the heavy mob or reference the reign of, of terror in which people no longer are longer free to speak out on their behalf. So Amos calls for the people to begin to pursue good, to establish justice with the hope of God being gracious to them. Seeking God leads to life. So let's look at the solution. Verses 14 and 15 of chapter 5. Watch for how Amos presented a possible solution for some of the people. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you just as you say he is. Hate evil, love good, maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy on the remnant of Joseph. So true repentance is accompanied by action. Let's identify actions Amos called for in these verses. So in verse 14 to 15, we see, he says, I, I want you to seek. Seeking goes along with uh, shunning evil. So if you're seeking God, you're shunning evil. He says, I want you to have a, a, an action of holiness, holiness of action. Seeking God must be accompanied by holiness uh, of emotion. You hate evil. You love good. So seek, seek God. Desire holiness. The third thing we see here is the dead must wait. Uh, uh, must wait, f- feeling or seeking good. Uh, is really in place uh, of what they do. So if you wait for emotion to to prompt action, we might often wait in vain. We must learn to exalt duty over inclination and to discover how the loving act will present uh, will precisely create the loving heart. A loving act creates a loving heart. So the fourth thing we see here is the repetition of the exalted title, the Lord God Almighty, imparts seriousness 
to our more moral endeavors. This is the God we seek to please. We are at his disposal. It is for him to dictate. So in verse 15, reference to Joseph. Uh, Joseph is used as a comprehensive name for the northern kingdom because its tribes were mostly descended uh, from his sons, from Joseph's sons. So why are loving God and upholding justice indicators that a person is seeking God? I think the answer is obvious. Note the word perhaps in verse 15. And let me, looking as you look at verse 15, let me read Romans Chapter 9, verse 18. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy and hardens whom he wants to harden. God is sovereign. He is in control. So is God's grace guaranteed? No. But our behavior does influence him. Repentance influences God's response. Amos called on the Israelites to seek God by changing both, look at this, two things, changing how you worship and changing the character of your life and your behavior. Well, let's see how we can put these things to practice. All people must choose, choose to trust God. Believers should expect God to take actions, action to discipline his people. God will discipline us for our misbehavior. And finally, believers are to be characterized by loving good and upholding justice toward all people. So as we close, ask the Lord to reveal areas in your worship and actions toward others that need to change. Pray that he will open our eyes to guide us to seek him each day. And so I close with the beautiful beautiful little course. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Alleluia. Alleluia. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Lord, we do seek you. We do know that in you is blessing. Obedience to you brings blessing. Give us hearts that desire to do what is right toward the oppressed and toward the needy in our world. We love you. Thank you for loving us back in Jesus' name. 
Amen.